Hello, I'm Erica LaCasse, and welcome to the Messy Messianic Mama podcast. Today, we'll be speaking about comfort and perfection, so stick around for some hope, healing, and maybe a few laughs. Welcome! Today is the last day of November, and I hope you all had a great time with family and friends this last Thursday as we remembered as a nation who we were and who we are today, and to be thankful for the many blessings we as Americans enjoy and to not take those blessings for granted. So many times, especially as Americans, we become complacent in what we have and what we have been given, and I think that it's super important to remember all the things that God has given us because everything that we have is his and everything that we've been given has been given because God wanted us to have it and blessed us with those things. Now I know some people are like, what do you mean he wanted us to have it? Okay, so maybe he didn't want us to have it, but the reality is we are blessed as a nation as Americans. And I think that it's very important for us to remember that. I know on Facebook, especially this past month, uh, there have been a few of my friends actually who every day they would write at least one thing that they were thankful for. Um, Shout out to Valerie. Um, I did see all your thankful posts and I think that it's just a really great reminder whether or not you post it or just say it while you're in your prayer time or just talking with God throughout the day. Thank him for at least one thing that you have. And I know it's hard, especially when you might be in a dark place to think of something that you could be thankful for. But the reality is we have a roof over our heads. Almost all of us do. Um, We have food in our bellies. You know, we are just blessed beyond belief, especially in this country. We have cars. Um, A lot of countries, you know, they don't have cars. I know our compassion child lives in Burkina Faso, which I had no idea where that was until we actually decided to sponsor our um, compassion child. His name's Abu. And it's in Africa. And we were told, which I'm sure they, they tell you a lot of times, especially with the compassion children, you know, make sure that if you do send pictures of yourself, you don't do it in front of cars or in front of houses because you don't want to make them feel like they're inferior to you and you don't want to make them, you know, kind of maybe even covet what you may or may not have. So it's kind of a safety thing, but it's also, you know, you don't want to make your poor you know child that you've chosen to speak into their life, make them feel bad about what they may have because you know for him he lives in basically a shack with his family and they were so happy one year when we happened with some of our tax money that we got back we bought their family a goat and some uh, you know big bags of rice and things of that nature and they were so excited because this would actually help them provide for not only you know, Abu, our compassion child, but the whole family. And it also enabled his mother to be able to go out and work and sell items that she had made. So to me, it's like, you know, you got to put things into perspective. Um, we definitely, you know, oh, I don't have the biggest, t- biggest and best TV out there, really, because that's, that's what you need in your life right now. Like, that that's why you can't be grateful and you, and you become complacent in what you do have. Like, to me, it's like, if you have a TV in your home, you're blessed. There are countries out there who have no idea, you know, and have never even seen a TV. Um, case in point, probably my compassion child. Um, I know that they have to walk quite a ways just to even get water. So to me, it's like we are so blessed. We have indoor plumbing. 
Thank God for that. Thank the Lord for books. Thank the Lord for technology. Thank the Lord for creating the people who had the innovation to create all the things that we are grateful for today. Like you think great, uh, you want to thank uh, Benjamin Franklin for inventing the stove. I'm very thankful to Benjamin Franklin for inventing the stove or our lives would be much difficult. Although, to be fair, I'm sure somebody else may have invented it. So going back to what we're going to talk about today is comfort and perfection. I know those are kind of two weird things to put together, but that's really what I felt like, um, you know, the Holy Spirit was having me um, really think about this past week, week and a half. And uh, I, I was like, okay, Lord, like, what is the connection here with comfort and perfection? And I think it really just came down to... Um, Shoot, you use this wonderful app, the Version app. If you don't have it, go get it. It's a Bible app that you can get on your phone. You can put on all of your different technological devices and you can look up different verses. They have like over a hundred different um, versions, you know, like the King James Version, New King James Version, Tree of Life Version. They do have that. They have the complete Jewish version on there, which I know is um, another one of the Bibles that a lot of people in my congregation really enjoys. I'm not a huge fan of the complete Jewish Bible. Um, but if I can't find my tree of life Bible, I will get my complete Jewish Bible out. Um, anyways, this version, this, this app is just fantastic because if you just even want to look up with one word or you're like, man, I know this verse, but I can't remember where, where in the Bible, where is this thing? So you look it up and you have it. There are Bible plans on there. Um, it's just a really great, um, tool for you to use with your walk with Yeshua. So I just looked up, um, comfort and I think as believers, we get into this, I don't know who put up this notion, but I think it's a live straight from the pit of hell where we as believers should be comfortable. And when I'm looking up, I'm looking up all these different verses. You know, I also have my concordance for comfort um, nowhere in the Bible does it say your life will be comfortable if you follow Yeshua. Your life will be comfortable if you follow God. Nowhere. Now, the word comfort comes up a lot because um, the Lord is our comforter. He will comfort us in times of stress and anxiety and times of trouble. So that obviously it comes up. It just doesn't come up in the way that I guess some people like to intimate that that's a thing. I don't know why. Um, and I think if you are comfortable in your walk with Yeshua, then something needs to change because if you're comfortable, then you're not growing. Um, one of the great things, my husband actually got to speak this past, um, Sabbath on Saturday at our congregation, and um, he spoke on Lador Vador, which means from generation to generation, which is really a, a huge thing. He spoke about um, how, you know, in the Hebrew mindset, they don't really think in a linear, linear pattern. They think more of a, a circular pattern, kind of like, you know, um, the Lord is Adonai. He is Alpha and Omega, and he is the beginning and he's the end. It all comes around in full circle. Well, he was also talking about um, comfort. He was talking about our walk with Yeshua and how we as, Yesh- as Yeshua's disciples are supposed to go out and disciple others. And he talked about the lobster, which I know is not kosher, but he talked about the lobster and he talked about how it is always growing. It grows its entire life, which I actually had no idea, which I should have known because I'd 
been eating lobster for at least half of my life before I became a messianic believer. But um, evidently, lobsters continue to grow forever, kind of like our ears and our noses grow until we die. Well, lobsters, they also grow and their shells do not grow with them. So it gets to the point where the lobster has to shed the shell that he's in, find somewhere to hide and regrow a new shell that actually fits him. Um, and I thought that that was very interesting. Um, I guess our son Judah corrected him and said, no, dad, it's molting. But either way, he, sh- he sheds it, he molts his, his, his new skin, and he grows into something bigger and better. And I think that that's really um, a good description of what we as believers need to be doing. We need to shed off the old in order to make room for the new. And for me... Being comfortable as most human beings is kind of nice, except when you're comfortable, you truly do not grow. And if you're not growing, then what happens? You become stagnant and you stop doing what you know the Lord wants you to do and maybe start doing what you want to do and maybe what the flesh, your flesh wants to do. And that is where you find people who start backsliding. It's, it's little steps, tiny steps. It's usually not instantaneous where people turn their backs from God. It's usually, you know, slowly but surely this happens. Like for me, when I was a youth, it was slowly but surely. You know, when my best friend died, when I was 11 years old and he was 12, that was the beginning of the process. Now, I still walked with God up until I think I was 15, but um, it was still, it was like a slow fade. I don't know if you've ever heard that song by Casting Crowns, but it's really a great song. You should check it out. Um, talking about how it's a slow fade, f- slowly fading away from what the Word of God says, because slowly but surely you stop reading the Word of God. Slowly but surely you don't listen to that still small voice who may tell you to get out of your comfort zone and go speak to somebody that you don't really want to talk to about Yeshua. Um, I know that for me, that's that's a really difficult thing for me. I, um, No matter what the rabbi's wife says, I'm an introvert at heart. Um, through years and years of counseling, I have outwardly, when I'm outside of my home anyways, um, most people think I'm an extrovert. I am not an extrovert. Typically after we go to synagogue, we come home and I need to take a nap because I have socialized with people. Introverts, they can, they can socialize with people. That's not the problem. The problem is that it tends to be draining to them. Whereas extroverts, it actually energizes them to be around people and speak with people. That is not where I'm at. I still am definitely an introverted heart. Okay, that being said, going out of my comfort zone means going up to people I may or may not know and speaking with them. Um, I know when I first moved down to North Carolina and my husband had left for Afghanistan that first time, I was not interested in speaking with anyone. And that was when, you know, my husband said, go find a church and go get some counseling. So my counselor would give me homework and she would say, okay, you need to go up and talk to three random people this week. And I was like, I don't want to do that. Like, I'm perfectly happy being a hermit. And I have my best friend, Nicole, who lives like 45 minutes away. I don't need anyone else. And she's like, no, no, you need to go out and do that. And if you're supposed to be going to find a church, that's a perfect opportunity to go up and talk to people. So slowly but surely, I did that. So I know I said 14 years is how long I've been doing counseling. I actually did the math again. You'll notice throughout time, 
uh, math is not my friend. It's actually been 12 years. Um, but throughout the 12 years of counseling I've had with my counselor, I'm able to go up and talk to people. Does it make me comfortable still? No, it does not. Is it a little bit easier than it used to be? Yes. Um, I think for a lot of us, that's one of the reasons we like our comfort zones is because as human beings, we really, really fear rejection and it comes in all sorts of forms. It's not just, you know, being rejected from some guy you're asking out or, you know, it's even just walking up to somebody and them just rejecting you or even going and asking, you know, somebody who might work at a store, Hey, could you help me find this and being rejected by that? So I think that's something that we need to set aside and, and recognize that, you know, Yeshua did not call us to be comfortable. He called us to grow. And grow, growing means that we will slowly but surely, hopefully, become more like Yeshua. And in becoming more like Yeshua, this is where perfection ties in. Now, none of us are perfect. No, not one. That that one is non-disputable. But I think, I, I don't know, maybe even growing up, I had this thought where, like, okay, like, yeah, there were a lot of people in the Bible. They had a lot of struggles, but God still used them. But I'm, I still don't, I'm not worthy. And I don't think he could use me. And I love this thing, you know, I've seen it. I don't know how many times on Facebook where it's kind of like a meme now where they do like, you know, and I'm actually going to only go over a few of them because some of them I was like, oh, I'm not sure about that one. I'm going to have to look into it, but um, you know, Noah was a drunk. Abraham was too old. Isaac was a daydreamer. Jacob was a liar. Moses had a stuttering problem. Gideon was afraid. Samson was a womanizer. Rahab was a prostitute. David was an adulterer and a murderer. Elijah wanted to die. Isaiah preached naked. Jonah ran from God. Naomi was a widow. Peter denied Yeshua. The disciples fell asleep while praying. Martha worried about everything. The Samaritan woman was divorced more than once and Paul was too religious. So to me, it's like, okay, maybe he can use me because it seems to me the only perfect person he used (laughs) for his glory was himself, Yeshua, in man form as he walked the earth. Everyone else is just as perfect as you and I are. And I think that that, to me, especially throughout the entire word of God, from the front to 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 the end, you're seeing people who are extremely imperfect um to the point where it's like really lord like this is this is who you decided to use but the reality is god can use you where you're at and while you're growing i think the point of being believers in yeshua is not staying in one place it's continuing to move forward in our faith and our walk with yeshua and if we're not moving forward then you need to maybe reassess what you are doing with your walk and say, okay, am I comfortable where I'm at right now? Um, this year, like many of you, has been extremely difficult. Um, I know that every year, and I started doing this a couple years ago, I would, I, I heard it, maybe it was Heidi St. John, I don't know who I heard it from, but they would say, hey, like a few months leading up to the next year, pray to God and ask them to just give you one word that you can focus on um, for the next year. And so we've been doing that. And I remember (laughs) last January and praying, you know, I'd been praying, I've been praying, praying. And the word I got, you know, this is before we knew anything about COVID. The word I got was persevere. And I kept hearing, I'm kept hearing, I'm like, no, Lord, this can't be from you. I don't, I don't like that word. Like pick a different word. And no, 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 that persevere, persevere was the word I kept getting. And so finally I was like, okay, Lord, like that's what I'm going to do. So 
we have this um, board, you know, it's like a calendar board that you can actually write things on and wipe them off every month. And I change it up. But every year I make sure on the top, I leave that one word that God has given me for the entire year. So I wrote persevere up there um, in January and, you know, COVID happened and everything. And so funny, I really didn't even think about it until probably August. And I looked at my calendar and I was like, huh. I was like, okay, so for those that don't believe in God, there's your proof right there. What, like, what word could possibly be better than the, the word persevere for the year 2020, where we have experienced so much crazy thing, like so many crazy things. It's just ridiculous. So I was like, all right, Lord, that, that's, you know, persevere, persevere, persevere. And that's really what we've been doing. If you are still here and still alive, you've been persevering throughout the lockdowns and the mandates and everything else, you know, not being able to see family and friends like you would want to and not being able to really be where you want to be at. But anyways, it was just to me, I was like, okay, Lord, like this is, this is real. This is what you, you want from, from me. And this is what you want from our family. And I'm going to continue persevering. I'm still praying about next year, but I'm like, Lord, please (laughs) make it be a nice word. Nice, nice, easy word. But see that that's it. That's your flesh talking, right? That's me wanting to be comfortable. And really, you know, none of us have been comfortable this past year. Um, And it's kind of brought to light a lot of inward things that maybe some people have been hiding. But the whole point of that is that, you know, this upcoming year for Ben and I uh, and our whole family is going to be um, a shifting, a changing, um, pressing, pressing in. My husband retires in June and um, he's been in for 20 years in the Marine Corps. And so that is a big transition. Our pay will be reduced by half, which to me is like, oh, all right, Lord, like I know that you are in control because there's no way we're going to survive unless you provide because, you know, we have four children and we barely, you know, we live paycheck to paycheck pretty much. So like, you know what, Lord, we're trusting you. You know, a year ago, our rabbi had a dream and he dreamed, um, you know, he'd been praying about who he was going to have replace him. Our rabbi is 82 years old and we absolutely love him and his wife and we love all the deacons and the elders. And actually we are also, we are also deacons, my husband and I, and we were just, you know, we weren't sure what we were going to be doing. In fact, our plan was to move to New Hampshire or to Colorado because we have family in Colorado, New Hampshire. It's more about, you know, not really any laws, but anyway, so you know, we are planning on doing that. And, uh, cold also is, uh, my friend, I have, I have skin issues and heat exacerbates it. So yeah, North Carolina in the summertime, not a happy place for my skin, but, uh, so we wanted to move somewhere a little bit colder, but anyway, so the rabbi had a dream and he dreamed that Ben and I would be taking over for him. And that actually scared me to death. Um, when he told us that a piece just fell upon me. Cause I was like, you know, you're crazy. Like this is not what, you know, not what my flesh wants me to do. But I knew that my husband had a call in his life to be something like a pastor or a congregational leader, I think is what we're going to be calling him. And, um, I didn't like that so much, but I was like, all right, Lord, like, I know this is, this is what you want from us. Um, we're definitely not in it for the money. Um, it still is not <laughs> it's still not going to reach our actual pay that we are getting now, but we're really just trusting God that he's going to make a way for us. And I think that's part of getting out of your comfort zone. You're learning to trust and have faith that what God is telling you what to do is right. And you're going down the path that he wants for you. So for us, it's been very difficult. It's going to be a very interesting year, um, transitional year 
for us. Um, thankfully, we're not moving or anything, so at least we don't have to worry so much about that. But I think it's just, you know, the day-to-day things and, and just preparing to um, lead a congregation is, um, it's a lot, especially uh, spiritually. You know, we're already feeling like we've been attacked, um, so please pray for us. Um, you know, there was a day where both of us were just angry for no reason. And it was so weird. We just, we kind of just took a time out in our room. I said, Hey, like what's going on? And he's like, I have no idea. And I'm like, okay, we're being attacked. So we just, you know, prayed against it. And so really it's just being aware, understanding that you are not perfect. And when you become perfect is when you will be in heaven (laughs) with Yeshua and to not dwell on those things. However, you need to continue pressing in. And remembering that comfort comfort is not part of what we are called to be. So I do want to read a few different um, verses. John 15, 20. Remember the word I spoke to you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. So when I was looking up comfort, I recognized comfort wasn't one of those things that we were going to actually find. Um in regards to letting us be comfortable. However, persecution definitely is something that we would uh, encounter in our walk with Yeshua. So Matthew five forty four. but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. So even when you are having altercations or people may, you may feel persecuted by others, you still need to love on them and pray for them, which is really, really hard. Um, Romans twelve fourteen. bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse. Once again, you're blessing them and not cursing them. You're speaking life over them, no matter how you are treated. Romans eight thirty five to 39. Who shall separate us from the love of Messiah? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we are being put to death all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. But in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Messiah Yeshua, our Lord. I just love that verse. Um, One of the things I grew up with uh, you know, cause I told you I have a karaoke machine in my head and typically the only way I can remember verses is through song. Well, one of the things that I used to listen to is, this, I don't know, this group or something called GT in the Halo Express. And it was, GT is a, is an angel who would come down and teach lessons to these kids and they would sing memory verses. Um, and they would learn these different things. It's actually really quite good. We bought, I actually a few years ago bought the whole series of GT and the Halo Express, and my kids really enjoy it. In fact, my 12, 13, and 15 year old still asks to listen to it every once in a while. So that's telling you something. There is one CD in there that talks about Christmas, and we don't even listen to that one. Um, it was one that I'd never listened to as a child either, but um, I always think of this verse because that's one of the songs that they would sing. You know, I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons. Anyways, so not really in my best form today. So I encourage you, if you have kids, go check that out. The other thing you might want to check out is Salty the Singing Songbook. Some people have heard of that. Some people have not heard of that. Another one of those things that kind of helps kids learn memory verses and in a fun way. Um, One of the other things I like to cling to as a believer, no matter what, my Catholic grandmother, my my spirit-filled Catholic grandmother, 
um, growing up when she would take us down for a nap or, or we would go down to sleep, she would read to us um, Psalm 23. And for me, that still is a comfort to me because I can still hear her reading it along with us. She had us memorize it eventually because she would read it to us every single night. And um, I just want to read it to you really quickly right now. Um, a Psalm of David. Adonai is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of Adonai forever. Like, how amazing is that? You know, it talks about exactly what we're talking about, being persecuted, but also how he comforts us. Your rod and your staff comfort me. And you are with me, even in the presence of my enemies. And to me, it's like, you know, God is really here for our good and not for for evil. And I think that's something that we really need to remember. In Psalm 146, 5, happy is he whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in Adonai, his God. Psalm 124.8, our help is in the name of Adonai, maker of heaven and earth. In 2 Corinthians 1.7, our hope in you is firm, since we know that as you are partners in our sufferings, so also in our encouragement. And I think that's kind of what I want to leave you with today, that no matter what you're going through, and even if you do feel comfortable, God is still with you. He's still working with you. But I think that we really do grow in our faith and in our lives when we are in those valleys, not so much when we're in the hills, but when we're in those valleys, hills and valleys, you know, you're climbing up this mountain to get to where you need to go. But once you're on that mountaintop, everything's great and dandy until you have to go back down into the valley, right? So I think that's something just to remember. Um, Romans 6.23, for sin's payment is death, but God's gracious gift is eternal life in Messiah Yeshua, our Lord. So our hope is always in the Lord. Our comfort is in the Lord. And we need to remember that we don't need to be perfect, but we are called to a higher standard and we are called to not be comfortable. We are called to praise Yeshua's name and glorify God in all things, to have the Holy Spirit help us because he is our helper and go out and disciple those who do not know about Yeshua. So... I'm going to leave you like I normally leave you. Numbers 6, 24 to 26 is the ironic blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. In the name of Yeshua, our Messiah. Amen. Now, don't forget, you can email me at ELMMM3 at ProtonMail.com. That's E is in Echo, L is in Lemur, M is in Mike. Amazon Mike, Amazon Mike, the number three at protonmail.com. You can also reach me at messy, messianicmama.com and even leave me a message there as well. Or you can leave a voice message at anchor.fm slash forward slash Erica Lacasse. You spell my name by saying E-R-I-C-A-L-A-C-A-S-S-E. Look forward to hearing from you all and I guess I'll see you all next week. Have a blessed day.